I'm Kimberly Amici. Welcome to the Build Your Best Family podcast. This is a practical show to help you imagine, plan, and build your best family. We believe that the secret to having a happy family is not being perfect, but having purpose. Each week, I'll be sharing with you lessons I've learned and conversations I've had that will help you become who you want to be together. Today, I'm talking about helping our kids break free from the pressure to perform. In today's competitive world, children start to feel the pressure to perform at a very young age. Online, at school, and even at home, kids experience the constant need to accumulate gold stars, accomplish more, and prove themselves. Now, I actually don't think there's anything wrong with the general practice of rewarding accomplishments or good behavior. However, if the only time our kids are praised is when they crush it in life, they end up believing their worth and their value are tied up in what they do, which unfortunately over time can create anxiety and depression. Instead, we can encourage our children by making observations and acknowledging their character and their efforts. For example, you can say to your kids, you've worked really hard preparing for your test, or your effort and hard work have really paid off. When we encourage our children in this way, it boosts their self-esteem and their self-confidence. But even with carefully crafted encouragement, it's essential to keep an eye on how what we say impacts our children. If it's not cultivating the fruits of the Spirit in our family members, guess what? We can change it. Shortly after instituting a sticker chart in his home, this week's guest, Eric Geiger, noticed a shift in his daughter, Eden. Instead of obeying from a place of approval, she was obeying to get a sticker. He didn't want his home's culture to be rooted in achieving, but rather the message of Jesus that is built around receiving. So he began to talk to his children about God's grace and true happiness. You'll hear more about that, plus how this profound lesson, with the help of his daughter, became a children's book. In this interview, we also talk about how we as adults can break free from the pressure to perform. Are you ready to start parenting with clarity and purpose? Then let's talk. The free resources I offer are great, and I hope you're using them. But if you want to take it to the next level, I can help with personal insight and support. As a family culture coach, I'm here to help you know exactly what to do as you imagine, plan, and build your best family. We'll use a simplified step-by-step process that will equip you to reach your goals and fulfill your potential together. Head over to www.buildyourbestfamily.com forward slash coaching to schedule a call. Today, I'm talking with Eric Geiger. Eric serves as the senior pastor of Mariner's Church in Orange County, California. He received his doctorate in leadership and church ministry from Southern Seminary. Eric has authored or co-authored several books, including the best-selling church leadership book, Simple Church. He is married to Kay, and they have two daughters, Eden and Evie. During his free time, Eric enjoys dating his wife, taking his daughters to the beach, and mountain biking. Evie is by far his favorite co-author. Eric, it's fantastic to have you on the podcast today. A question that we ask all of our guests and that I'm going to ask you is, what is your family known for? Well, it, it, family's known for, depends who you, know, who you ask. If you ask Eden and Abby's friends, they would, they would, the family would be known for the fun that our daughters have with, with their friends. And I would just be Eden and Abby's dad, you know, and then mm-hmm. if you're were a kid that was taught by my wife. My wife was a school teacher for many years. It, we, we were the teacher family, you know, and I was the, I was Kay's husband or um, <laughs> I was known as that. <laughs> and then if you, if you're in our church, 
where I, I serve as pastor, the family's known, you know, known for being the, the preacher's family. Mm-hmm. So it, 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 it all depends on where your starting point is. Yeah. So when people hang out with you, whether it's at your house or somewhere else, what do they know they're going to get with you? What can they expect? Yeah, I, I, I think with it, hopefully it, it feels we, we continually hear that it's a fun place to be. Our house is fun and, and consistent and we, we have a lot. We have a great time together, a lot of joy, a lot of laughter and that we want that for our daughters. But we also want that for our, our, our daughter's friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have kids and we spend a lot of time talking about what do we want the experience to be like for our kids' friends? That was really, really important to us. We knew that it involved having tons of food all the time (laughs) for when they came over. So we really made that important to us. But yeah, like it's great that you really consider what your kids, what their their experience is like, what their friends' experience is like. Um, Were you trying to make the, the house the place that the friends wanted to be at? They wanted to hang out at your place? Yeah, totally. And, and yes. I think we did a decent job of that. Although the teenage years is kind of dicey because they want to be at the house that no parents are at. Right. So it doesn't matter how cool I am anymore like, right. <laughs> as long as I'm home. But no, it's been good. We've really, we've really gone out of our way to make sure the pantry's open, make sure mm-hmm. people make themselves at home. You know, we've done fun little things like we have a foosball table and we, you know, have lots of outdoor games and badminton and, you know, just stuff so that there's not, there's not an excuse for not having anything to do when they come to our house, you know. Love it. That, that's what that people advise us the same thing. So when we had our kids were younger. They're 13, 11 now, but when they were younger. We decided we were going to try to make it the place that they would want to bring friends. And mm-hmm. so like when the pandemic began, my wife found a, a friend who would build a rock wall on the side of our house. So we, oh, wow, that's <laughs> we have awesome. a rock wall just yeah. kind of attached to the house. So the kids, all the kids in the neighborhood want to come, you know, hang out at our house. Yeah, we, We've tried, not that we've done it perfectly, but tried to make it a place where the kids are proud to have their friends. Yeah. This is what I love about culture is like, we're teaching our kids. This is who we are. This is what we're known for. And so it's gotten to the point where they don't even need to ask us permission now for certain things. Cause they just know it's going to be a yes. And one of the things that happened two years ago, there was a day when our whole town did a garage sale. My son came home. He's like, mom, I got a, a ping pong table. We have to go pick it up in an hour. Here's the address. Like he'd already <laughs> negotiated. He got it for free. Great. He just knew that it would be a yes for us because of course, we're going to get a find a ping pong table and haul it. And my my that husband fills literally the had entire to, room. Yes, <laughs> he had to like they had to go and like pull it on like a wagon to get it That's home sweet. three blocks. But like it's in our it's in our garage now. Like you know, our kids knew no if it's something that's going to be fun and make people enjoy being here, then it's probably going to be a yes from mom and dad. So I love that. <clears throat> yeah, we just have to get out there and play now that the weather's right. cold. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good reason to get out of the house. Okay, so let's talk about, you're here to talk about your new book that you wrote with your daughter. It's a children's book. It's a picture book. It's adorable. I love it. It's so colorful and it's on a fantastic topic. But before you tell us about more about the book and why you wrote it, I want to talk about anxiety and depression that we're seeing in our children. According to the Anxiety and Depression Association of America, more than 25% of children between the ages of 13 and 18 are are affected by anxiety disorders. And I can imagine the study was done more than a year ago. So I'm sure that number has changed. So tell us more about what we're seeing in our culture. I totally agree with you that the, that the numbers changed and the the pandemic has escalated whatever anybody's level of anxiety or depression was. I lead a, a group of sophomore 
guys in high school and we had a, our Bible study at the beach last night and we spent a good a bit a good amount of time talking about the struggles that they've had this last year mm. and they, they are now saying and research would back this up that their their constant attachment to social media and to their phone has actually increased increased their anxiety and so several of the guys are saying they 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 want to leave the phone in their parents' room or they want to they several of them have deleted apps recently because they're mm-hmm. seeing what it does to their own to their own soul there, there was a book released a research based book released several years ago by a professor at um, San Diego State University named Gene Twang and uh, it was called iGen, which was basically a study of this generation you're speaking about and and their their mental health. And her 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 conclusion was that by spending so much time on a phone, kids are reading less, or they're definitely reading less deeply. It's not only that they're seeing content that would be alarming, although that's there, but they're also learning to live for likes and thumbs ups mm-hmm. and favorites. And you know, you hear stories of of young teenagers who will post a picture and if they don't get a certain number of likes within you know mm-hmm. five minutes they'll take it down because they yep. have such that's so it's such um a challenging season to live in compared to when I grew up there was there was yearbook day once a year you know once a year the yearbook would be passed out and you would look through to see if you made pictures and if there were pictures you were left out on these these kids are living yearbook the the stress Every of yearbook day. day they're living that daily Mm-hmm. And so that's part of it. I think also the performance nature of our society of America, which there's great things about the performance culture, you know, of like, hey, we want to we want to do best, do our best and work hard. And so mm-hmm. there's some redeeming things there, but there's also some some things that create a crushing expectation on 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 children. And so it's just, you know, it's hard to say it's one factor, but the research that you're you're quoting has has been uh quoted in other places as well that Kids are struggling at a higher degree with anxiety and mm-hmm. depression. It's a very real deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I can see it. I mean, I've taken several steps back from being on social media. The work I do is online, but I've had to really control my intake of it and put some real boundaries of it. It's not going to be the first thing I pick up in the morning. I'm not going to do that till after I've read the Bible, prayed, you know, wrote, written a list of things I'm grateful for, gotten food, you know, on the table for my kids. Like I really need to put it in its place. And it's so hard though, because it is so addicting and it's, you know, we use it and when we're bored, we use it when we're frustrated, you know, it's just, it's hard. It's hard because it's right there. Right. So besides what you've seen in culture, like you just, just mentioned, what inspired you to write this children's book? What I love is that we're, it's not just a, book. I mean, there's plenty of books out there that are teaching parents what the issues are and what they can do. But this is actually a book that we can hand off to our children when they're young to start to teach them. So tell us more about this. Yeah, thanks. The The, the book really came and the idea or, or the, the, sto- the main storyline, not the characters, but the, mm-hmm. the emphasis on living from approval as opposed to living for approval. It, it really came from a parable that we developed as a family that we would use to tell ourselves the gospel of Jesus over and over again. And the the backstory is that one day my daughter, my older daughter, not the one I wrote the book with, but my older one, who's now 13, she came home from playing with some friends and they had a sticker chart on their refrigerator and she was fascinated with it and, and said, Hey, I'd like that. And she's, I think four at the time. And we, 
So we, we put a sticker chart on the refrigerator and every time she would obey, she'd get a sticker. And once the sticker charts filled, she would yeah. then get a toy. So it, it sounds like a good idea, but we started noticing that she was, and maybe, I'm, I'm sure that doesn't work in every family, but it wasn't working well in our family. Yeah. She was obeying to get a sticker. So, hey, I shared my toy with my sister or I said, you know, please, I'm, I'm using manners. Do I get a sticker? And we realized that we don't want to we don't want our daughter to obey for approval or for yeah. a prize. And that, that's really that's religion. You know, you're, you're trying to earn God's favor or earn God's approval. So we said, we're not we're not going to do that. We're not doing this sticker chart. She went to bed one night and, and we, were, we were taking the sticker chart off the refrigerator and I, I thought, I'm going to actually use this as a time to teach her the gospel. And so I, I took all the stickers we could find and we filled the whole chart, put it back on the refrigerator. She comes in, into the kitchen the next morning and sees that her chart is completely filled. And so then we had a conversation like, did you fill the chart? No, dad filled it for you. And this is what, what Jesus does for us. We, we could never do enough to fill um, our sticker charts. That's why Jesus came to to love us and to die for us, to give us all of his righteousness. And, you know, her first question was, well, do I still get a prize? <laughs> <laughs> and so, yes, you do. We, and we went to the store and picked out, you know, a baby doll or something. Mm-hmm. But but for years, I guess, I mean, she was four, so she's 13. So for the last nine years, almost 10 years, we've we've talked about that, that, hey, your stickers are already already filled. I want you to obey mom and dad. And I want you to obey God, not because mm-hmm. you're trying to get us to love you, but because we already love you because mm-hmm. God already loves you. So that's, you know, you can kind of see in the, in the, in the book, the kids book we wrote, that's the, there's two different families and one lives from a chart that's filled and one lives from a chart that they're constantly trying to fill. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. And it's called the Quarka. How do you say that? The the quokus. The quokus, the snails, and the land of happiness. Yeah, sticker charts never really worked for my kids. I know when I was potty training, I tried to do prizes and that didn't work. I was like, well, what the heck am I doing? <laughs> it didn't work for us either. <laughs> I think M&Ms did work with my son. He's like, yeah, I'll take chocolate. Like, yeah. <laughs> But for the most part, it was really difficult for me to get them to be patient enough to understand the accumulation of it. And then it just... It just didn't work. And I'm sure there's some kids that it works really well with and it doesn't trigger right. anything in them. But I think for the most part, it, it's hard to be in an environment where everything is based on performance. Mm, exactly. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And I've been really mindful. I'm trying to do a good job at it because, of course, it was modeled to me much different. But being proud of them, not just for what they accomplish stuff, but for the effort that they put in. I'm in proud and I'm proud of you just because of who you are. Like I've tried to make that a part of our language because I don't want the only reason that I compliment them is when they get a good grade or they accomplish something. And, and it's obvious. Those are the obvious times when you want to be excited for them. But when can I get excited when they're not doing anything? Yeah. <laughs> No, that's great. I, I read a I read a, a book from a psychologist one time. I think her name's Carol Dweck, and she wrote a book called Mindset, mm-hmm. which was a and really the the uh, end result of it was to to be careful what you praise your kids for, because mm. if you praise them just for the end result, they will then find their identity in that end result. But instead, mm-hmm. praise them for the character attributes such as you work so hard, or yeah. you're so this is I love your creativity, or I love your perseverance, your, your yeah. grit, as opposed yeah. to just the end result, because they'll then think that they're, they're going to get crushed one day because mm-hmm. life is going to life. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not going to always be, they're not always going to be the, they're not always going to get the trophy. And so yeah. 
when life does crush them, if we've taught them that our love for them or, or even worse, that God's love for them is based on this, this thing that they've achieved. And we are really setting them up for some, some serious identity struggles later when they, they feel like, are they, are they still loved? Yeah. All right. So you mentioned that there's two different families in the book. So there's two different main characters, the quokas and yeah. the snails. <laughs> All right, got got it, it. Right. So tell us more about them and what they represent and like how you created those characters. Yep. So we, we wanted to, to have two families, one that has a, a, a lives from their, the kids in the family live from their chart being filled. And mm-hmm. they have a motto that we, we enjoy every day because our sticker chart is filled in every way. And that's because of, we'll see at the end of the book that that's because of God's grace. But this, the other family that they, they, every day they wake up and they're trying to get another sticker. And over time, that's just so burdensome. And they're always striving. So we thought, you know, what animals could help illustrate this? The hap- no, if you Google happiest animal in the world, you, inevitably you'll see the quokas. They're, they're, I don't know if they're actually the happiest. They just look the happiest. <laughs> and how you measure that. But <laughs> Yeah, right. Exactly. How would we know? But, but they, they definitely look very happy. So we thought that would be a fun animal. And, mm-hmm. and then the snails, it's kind of like the book of Ecclesiastes where you, you, you think you are achieving, but in the end you find out it's all futile, meaningless, meaningless, meaningless. And the snails, they, they believe that they're accomplishing so much, but really they're just, they're just kind of sluggishly moving throughout life. And, and that's what life is without, without Christ. It really is a, a life that you, you think you're accomplishing and achieving a lot. But in the end, you find out it doesn't really matter. So we we had the quokas re- representing the land of happiness and the snails representing the land of sadness. And, you know, the land of happiness, it, when Jesus gives his famous Sermon on the Mount, he talks about the Beatitudes. And most translations have blessed are the, mm-hmm. you know, the, the poor in spirit, the peacemakers, mm-hmm. those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. But in the, the original language, the word for blessed is makarios and it, it actually means happy so it's it's true happiness it's not temporary right. happiness but being with him is ultimate is ultimate happiness mm-hmm. oh it's so good and that makes it so easy for children to understand like when i think of the snail and how slow they go i just mm-hmm. that's such a great word picture and i'm sure that children will really get that and they'll stay with them for sure thank you so now have you personally dealt with the pressure to perform? I can imagine it in your role you may have. Is that something that you struggle with? And and how did yes. you how did you personally learn to deal with it through the process of recognizing this in your children and then writing this book? I do struggle with it and I still struggle with it. I now have better tools to to deal with it. I I mean I I I'm an idol worshiper, you know, I like all of us. I I I've been rescued by Jesus, but my my heart often goes to other things and it's not statues, you know, that, that I'll, that I'll worship, but I can, I can get caught up in the approval of people. I can get caught up in, in feeling like I've achieved and being recognized for achievements. And it's often for me in my own foolishness, it starts with something good that then I start to find my, my worth Mm -hmm. in that. So it can even be, I'm a preacher, right? It, It can be if, if my sermon was good, you know, and, or if people thought it was good, and that's such, so if I go down that path, gosh, it, it, it's miserable because next week I have to do a better one. And then the mm-hmm. week after I have to do a, I have to do a better one. So it's been through counseling and, 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 and I've seen a therapist and, and community and friends who have, who have given me, challenged me and given me tools to, 
in those moments, remind myself I'm all ready. Eric, you got to believe your own message. You have to, you have yeah. to internalize the, the, the sermons that you preach. I mean, you, you tell other people that they are right with God, not because of them, but because of Jesus. Is that not true for you? And um, you got to preach that to your own soul as much as you preach it to other people. Mm-hmm. So it's not, I'm, I'm not saying I've written this book and it's done. I, it's, it's over. I'm never going to struggle. I need to, I need to remind myself today that the sticker chart in my life is, is filled. Yeah. I can totally relate. Cause I have to remind myself too, to let go of that pr- pressure to perform as I'm telling my children, Hey, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> totally. <laughs> but I do feel this past year has really been an opportunity to speak into that, particularly for my kids. And I'm sure for other families, because everything that gave them value or identity has been stripped away. Yes. So like, you're no longer the star soccer player because there's no soccer team this year. Right. You know what I mean? You're no longer the smartest student in class because you haven't seen your friends in a year. Like th- right. just some of those things that they place so much emphasis in and relied on so much to get filled up by have been stripped away. And so really just encouraging them, getting back to basics and encouraging them you know, in God's word and just saying, Hey, like this stuff's going to come and go and God's still present and God still loves you. That's that's been something we've been trying to talk with our kids about for sure. And you're, and you're right. There has been so many of the things that we find our identity in that have been altered or completely taken from us over the last Mm -hmm. year. So it's, it's, it's laid us bare, you know? And and I think that's Mm -hmm. one of the reasons that we've seen mental health struggle for people is things that either they found their identity in or things that just were, were, you know, exercise is a great tool that helps you fight anxiety. And so when exercise is pulled from you. And so it's been a, it's been a challenging season and, and I'm, I'm grateful that you're having those conversations and Mm -hmm. and I hope more parents have those conversations with their kids in the, in the middle of a time when, when things that can bring approval have been taken away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think those are some things that we need to remember as we start adding things back too. Yeah. Like, why are we adding this back? Do we need to add this back? Do we really love it? Or is this something that just, you know, kept us busy or filled a need that right. doesn't, that isn't really there anymore? No, that's really good. Yeah. Okay. So for listeners who have placed a lot of emphasis on performance in their home, which I'm sure I've been guilty of, <laughs> what are some practical things that they can do to start to shift their family's culture? It's good. I think the, the the biggest is it's not it's not that that the it's not that I don't want my kids to do well in school or obey their mom or obey me. It, it's just the biggest issue of the 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 why beneath the surface. Mm, and so good. the conversation with your spouse, the conversation about the culture with your kids is let I, the why being the most the most important thing. You know, and 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 it, sometimes that means taking some of the the, the pressure off. You know, we have, mm-hmm. and it, every kid's different. So I, mean, I have one kid who, one daughter who struggles more with this than the other daughter, and I. I so if she'll she'll she's she's a hard worker, and so she's got grit, which I love, and she'll study. She struggles with she has dyslexia, and so she has to study longer than probably some of her friends have to study, mm-hmm. and. The, and there's times where I'm saying, listen, you can stop. I want you to stop studying. You've done enough. And like, daddy, I won't, I won't get, I want to, I won't get a hundred. I won't get, I won't get them all right. And I'm like, if you come home tomorrow and it's a B, I, I am going to be, we're going to be completely happy. Mm-hmm. More important than the grade is that you're learning how to study. Yeah. And, and 
you know, so if she needs the pressure taken off of her at times. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to matter what, it, I mean, none of us believe that really it's going to matter in, in, in a year what she made on that science test. What mm-hmm. will matter for her future is that she did learn how to study, you know, mm-hmm. but so sometimes it's taking the pressure off. Other times it's helping them remember and ourselves remember that, hey, we, we do study and we do these good things because we want to honor Christ with our studies. We want to honor God mm-hmm. with how we treat our parents and our friends. But but not that our identity is wrapped up in what in what number is going to be on that test tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. You know, as you were saying, I like how you said that it starts with a conversation. I think it can start with the conversation with our kids too and ask them honestly, hey, do you feel like I put too much pressure on you? Do you feel like I see yeah. you when when you when things don't work out? We've tried to have conversations like that with our kids regularly. We do a, a yearly family retreat where we do a peer review. But that's something that I think could be added to that question and those discussions is hey, how are you how how do you feel? When do you feel most loved? And do you feel like we're putting pressure on you? Do you feel like you need to perform? I think that's a great question to ask. Yeah. Where, where are you feeling pressure? Are we putting too much pressure on you? Mm-hmm. And, then, and then being able to take that conversation. Hey, the only, you know, because there's times I'm sure I'll put pressure on my kids. Hey, I'm not doing this because you're not earning my love. Right. It's because I want what's best for you. But yeah. I need, as a dad, I probably need to do a better job reminding you that, here's the reason why I'm, I'm challenging you for this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like I still love you, but I know you can do better on this math. Yes. Cause I saw so, what you were doing yesterday. <laughs> so it, it doesn't mean that, that we don't st- still want great things mm-hmm. for our kids. You know, yeah. it's just the, it's just the, the, the motivation beneath the surface. Yeah, that's good. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here today with us and talking yeah. about this issue and the book that you've written. I'm excited for, for listeners me. to get a hold of it. Yep. It was great. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. If so, I'd like to ask a favor. Can you head over to iTunes and leave a review? Besides sharing this episode with your friends, leaving a review is one of the most effective ways you can support us and help get the word out about the incredible resources we have to offer. I'm passionate about helping families thrive and your reviews help families find us. Remember, family culture is not about perfect. It's about purpose.